Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. During this pandemic and during all this COVID, you probably, just like me, have spent a little bit more time on a screen. And because of that, uh, screens can sometimes not be good, and there's a lot of bad things about social media and a lot of things you can get into. But, but one of the things that you've heard me mention before is uh, I, I love the Facebook memories that come up, and I usually try to check those every day to just see, hey, five years ago, what was going on? Ten years ago, what was going on? And one really special memory came up just this past Wednesday. And this past Wednesday, when I was checking my memories... I saw that two years ago, last Wednesday, we had a group of about 15 people that met at Steelhouse Coffee for City Walk Church's first community interest meeting. And, and I remember that night, man, I, I got smile, a smile on my face as I look back at the, there's some video of it, there's some pictures of it, and it was a, a fun thing to look back at. And I, I remembered, it almost seems like yesterday in some ways, that memory and the nervousness we all felt of like, you know what, are we going to have to eat all this food ourselves? Are people actually going to show up and help us eat this food? And it ended up being a really good night. But that was one of those memories that I look back at and it made me smile. And probably I imagine that just like that, you have some memories, whether you see them on Facebook or whether you find yourself in a location and then you remember back, hey, oh, four years ago in this same location. Or maybe you, you look at a picture and, and that picture brings back memories. But, but you have some memories, just like I do, that when you think about them, they make you smile. You, you remember them very fondly. But then you probably have some other memories just like I do that when you look back on them, when you see them pop up on Facebook, when you are in the same location or you see a picture that you, you don't remember as fondly. And, and maybe there's some memories that, that just like I have, you have, that unfortunately when you look back on them, you aren't proud of them. You, you may have, have experienced or caused some hurt. You, you may have some regret when you think back at those memories. There may be some, some times in your past that when you look back on them, you don't look back on them and smile to say the least. And, and probably, there's probably some things that are, are even in your past that we've all struggled with that as you remember them, you wonder, am I ever going to have complete victory Am I ever going to be able to look back at this memory and not feel guilty? And you probably, like all of us, grapple with that. And over the last few weeks, we've been walking through a letter by the name of Ephesians that a guy by the name of Paul wrote, and he wrote it from prison. He wrote it uh, to a group of people that he loved dearly. He wrote it to a group of people that he had spent three years with. But if anybody understood what it was like to have a tough past, Paul did. 
There were some memories that Paul had as he looked back in his life that, man, he didn't look at his memories fondly. And I'm sure there were times as he thought back that he remembered them even with regret. And, and the people he was writing to, he was writing to a group of people that, that lived in a city full of things that vied for their allegiance and worship. And many of the people that Paul was writing to in their past life had sought fulfillment in a lot of different areas and had come up hopeless and with regret. And so as Paul's writing, he's writing as a guy that has, has some memories and some things in his past that he's not proud of or that he even regrets. And he's writing to a group of people that have probably, like us, that as they look back on their life, they have given their life at times to things that are regretful and have left them hurting maybe on the inside. And Paul, as their spiritual father, he, he begins to help them think through, okay, now that I'm a follower of Jesus, what am I supposed to do with those memories? Not only with those memories, but what am I supposed to do with those those things in my life that, that I do and then I ask God for forgiveness and I hope I'm not going to struggle with them again and then I find myself over and over and over falling into the same traps. What do I do with those? And Paul, as a spiritual father, he writes to these people and he, he shares some real practical thoughts that I think are as relevant 2,000 years later in our lives as they were as he penned them from prison. And he says this, and if you have your app or you have your Bible, you can, you can pull it up right there. And it's, it, we're in about the middle of the letter, Ephesians chapter 4. Here's what Paul says. He says this. He says, now this, in verse 17 of Ephesians 4, he says this. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk. That word walk, it, 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 in the scripture, it means conduct yourself. That you no longer conduct yourself as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. Paul says, and think about this, he's writing to Gentiles. And he says, I, I want you to no longer walk. I don't want you to conduct yourself the way you did in the past is basically what he's saying. You're, you're Gentiles, and the way you used to live, you used to live one way. And he uses this word, he says, in the futility of their minds. And here's what he's saying. You used to walk through life purposeless. You used to walk through life with no aim, no goals. Your life was messed up. And I, I, he says, I don't want you to conduct yourself or walk in that same way, in the futility of your mind as you're walking through life, just reaching for things, but there's no purpose. He says, I don't want you to walk that way. And he's, he's reminding them of what life was like in their past. And then he goes on in verse 18, he says this, and he, he continues to describe this. And I, I, I would guess that as we read this, that some of us are going to be able to remember how we were in the same boat. Or for some of us, maybe you'd say, you know what? What Paul's saying kind of describes life today and right now. He goes on, he, as he says, hey, I don't want you to walk anymore in the futility of your minds, purposeless and no useful aim. He says this, they are darkened, basically deprived of light in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of their heart. 
And again, Paul's like, he's, he's, he's reminding them of the way they used to be. He, he says, you, you used to walk through life with no purpose. Your, your, your eyes were darkened. It, it didn't seem, there didn't seem to be light. And your heart, it was hard to the things of God, the creator and sustainer of life. You, 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 you didn't have any fondness for him. Your, your life was full of darkness. You, you didn't even know what you couldn't see. And, and as he's, he's writing to them, he's writing from a father's heart that just desperately wants these people to walk in the victory they have. And so he says, remember? Remember when you used to walk through life and there was no light? There was no purpose? Your heart was hard to the things of God? You, you never really grabbed hold of the best that God had for you. You didn't know God and you didn't know his ways. Remember that? He's, he's reminding them. And then he goes on in verse 19 and he continues to describe their, their past. He says, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. And he, he basically closes out this little section by saying, Back then, you had no feeling. You were, it was dark. Your heart was calloused. And, and all you were making your life about was you were chasing after things that made you happy. You were chasing after greed. You were chasing after sensuality. You were chasing after things just selfishly because you had no purpose. You had no light. And so you were giving yourself over to try to fill all your voids by just living selfishly and feeding your appetites he says you remember that it's like and maybe you've done this have you ever got up and i know you have you've gotten up in the middle of the night and this happens to, to me in my house because my my dog my our older dog callie or not callie that's the one that's in heaven piper actually that's the one that's in a box on our uh never mind i'll tell you about that later uh but we didn't buy the box, by the way. We wouldn't have spent that much money on that. Um, but the, the, my dog, Piper, she's like 10 years old, and she has started to at least start her night laying next to the bed. Well, and at night, man, you wake up in the middle of the night, and, and when you're my age and older, you, you get up a few times a night because you've got to use the restroom. And so I, I get up in the middle of the night, and I can't see, and I'm kicking her, I'm stubbing my toe on the bed, my desk is right there, and you've had that, where, man, you wake up and it's so dark you can't see, but, but you're not callous, because as soon as you stub your toe, you at least think a word you shouldn't say, and if, if nobody's around, you might actually say the word, uh, but, but you, you've been there and you've had that happen, well, imagine... You were walking around in the dark and you were bumping into things and stubbing your toe and you were, you were cutting yourselves by, by hitting things, but you couldn't even feel it. That's the way these people were in their past. Their, their heart was darkened. Their heart was hard. They were walking through life callous. They couldn't even feel and they were just chasing greed and sensuality, whatever would feed their appetite. And then Paul says this, he says, but in verse 20, but that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Basically, he says, you know what? The light turned on. 
the light turned on. And, and now the truth that you've learned about Christ, you know that that life and uh, that lack of purpose, you know there's something better because of Jesus. That's what you've learned about Jesus. And, and he uses this, this phrase that you've learned of Christ to really transition from, hey, this was what your past was to now because of Jesus, you can have victory going forward because the lights turned on. Your heart is no longer hard. The scriptures say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, another passage that Paul wrote, he said this, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is passed away. Behold, the new has come. Paul says, because of Jesus, it's different. There's no more life like that anymore. The lights turned on, this purposeless, this, this callousness, it's not the way it has to be anymore. And, and then what Paul does, because if you're a follower of Christ, I probably haven't said anything to you that you didn't already know. So you're like, yeah, I know my past is jacked up. As I look back, I can, it, now that I'm past my past a little bit, I can look back and I can see purposelessness. I can see going after things that were hopeless just to fill voids. I, I can see that a little clearer now. I, I get that. And I get the idea that, that Jesus, because of his death and resurrection, I get that, man, it doesn't have to be that way, that there's new purpose. I get all that. But at the end of the day, I still struggle with my past. At the end of the day, I still find myself falling for some of the same things and not gaining victory. And so what Paul does is he closes this section as he says, well, let's just talk shop a little bit. Let's talk how we do this practically. He says this, verse 22, he says, put off or lay aside your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. See, hear, hear that first phrase? Paul says, put off, lay aside your old self, lay aside your former manner of life, lay aside that stuff. Like, for, for instance, I grew up in a house of three boys. I was the oldest. And there was a season in, in our life that we actually lived in the woods. It was, it was awesome. For three boys, we lived. Uh, we, were, we, we didn't have a ton of money when I was first growing up. And so we had this trailer in Florida, no air conditioner. But we didn't get that. The boys didn't understand that because we lived in the middle of the woods. It was like paradise to us. But, but there would be times, and if you're a mom or a grandma, you could probably relate to this. That we would get so dirty and so nasty. Because we didn't have neighbors, you could do this and not go to jail. We would come to the front door and mom would say, you're not even coming inside like that. So just take everything off right here. Right? And again, we didn't have any neighbors. And so mom would, and if you knew my mom, it wasn't like there was an argument to be had. It was like, you do what you want or you just live outside. You have two options. And so she would literally have us strip everything off. And, and, and sometimes if it was really bad, it would be like, hey, you ain't even getting in the shower yet till I hose you off. You're so nasty. I'm not even letting you in my shower. And so she, you know, she would maybe hose us off and then let us go take a shower. And if you, you had little boys or you kind of understand that. But imagine this. Imagine we you know, take these nasty, dirty clothes off that were sometimes so disgusting that mom wouldn't even wash them. She would just throw them away. That, that bad. 
We, we take those things off and we, we go take a shower. We get cleaned up. Then we walk back outside and grab those clothes and put those nasty, dirty clothes on. That's like, duh, you would never do that. And here's what Paul's saying. Remember how your life was before? Re remember the purposelessness? Remember the, the, the things that you were living for that left you hopeless and guilty and regretful? That's the dirty old clothes that you, because of Jesus, can now take off. But we have a tendency, if we're honest, to sometimes, as crazy as it is, though we've taken a shower and we're cleaned up, to want to go put the nasty clothes on again. Like, I'm going out Friday, I think I like that shirt. I think I'm going to try that one. And that's what we do. And, and Paul's saying, you know what? Part of this walking in victory, it's a, you got to put off, you got to take things off, you got to get the dirty stuff, in, and because of Jesus, you have the power to do this. Before Jesus, you didn't even have the power in and of yourself to do this, but now because of Jesus, you can take these things off. And then he keeps going. Verse 23, because honestly, for some of us, we're good at that part. It, we'll talk more about that in a second, but he says this, he says, put, put off. But then verse 23 says this, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So he just said, I want you to put off, and then I want you to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That word renewed is the same word that we would use to talk about renovating a house. Taking everything out and putting new things in. He says, I want you to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And then in verse 24, he says this, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Basically what he's saying, he says, I want you to put off the old self, the, the self that led you down paths that didn't help you, that you have regret about. I want you to put those off. And then I want you to re renovate your mind. I want you to renovate it, renew it by putting truth in. But then what I want you to do is I want you to put on some new things. I want you to put on some things that please God. I want you to put on some things. If you are a, a, like a, a remodel, like you like watching those shows, the remodel shows some of you do. Well, the, the people that kind of got me into watching that, probably the same people that, that you probably watch too, is Chip and JoJo. Uh, and if you watch Fixer Upper, and if you've never heard of it, Basically, there's a couple in Waco that has basically changed the reputation of Waco, Texas from what we used to think of Waco, Texas to now being a pretty cool place. But basically what they do is they go and they, they take a family around and they show the family, at least on the show, it looks like three or four houses and they're usually pretty beat up houses or they're, they're old houses, they need a lot of work and they show them these three or four houses they, they talk to them about their budget, and then the family picks a house, and then Chip and his wife Jojo, they go in, and they remodel it, they fix it up, and then they do the big reveal at the end of the show, and it, it's pretty, pretty cool. And I, I always wonder, as I watch these shows, like, how do they do that with that budget? That's crazy. They do some crazy stuff. But if you watch that show, you know that once they buy the house, they have a day that Chip, the husband, really likes, and they've even made t-shirts about it called Demo Day. And Chip, man, it's like Christmas for him. It seems like on Demo Day, he and a, a group of guys get in there, and man, they when I'm talking demo, like they rip stuff, sometimes down all the way to the studs. They're ripping out cabinets, walls, like everything. 
And again, it all happens like in three minutes where it would usually take a couple days. But man, it looks cool in three minutes and they rip everything out. And then they go back in and they, they begin to build new things and they begin to put up new walls and they begin to do just really cool stuff. And then at the very, kind of towards the end of the show, Chip hands the keys to his wife Jojo and she goes in and does what she's really good at and she puts furniture in there and, and makes it look just crazy good. And that's the process that they go through every single show. And, and in, in some ways, what Paul's talking about is very similar. See, you and I, we were beat up, purposeless, with no ability to fix ourselves. We were that house that looked nasty, that was all beat up, and we couldn't fix ourselves. But then what happened is God drew us into a relationship with Jesus. And, and now, because we've been empowered by Jesus, we don't have to stay beat up, nasty like that. We can be renovated from the inside out. And, and, and that's what God wants to do. And that's what Paul's saying. He's saying, you know what? This, this idea of you got to put off, then you've got to renew, you've got to change your thinking with truth, and then you've got to put on some things. That's how you're going to walk in victory. But a lot of times... The church world, and if you grew up in church, or maybe, maybe this is the reason you walked away from the church. Because churches are really good at demo day. They're really good at the put-off list. I mean, there's, there's a list of things like you got to not do, and you got to get that out of your life. And all those things are true. I'm not saying those aren't. But, but man, the church world has become really good at demo day. And hey, here's the list of things you got to get out of your life if you want Jesus to be pleased with you. But a lot of times it stops there. And because of that, it's so destructive. And, and here's what I mean. It's, it's the consequences of just putting off are devastating. And here's a couple of them, and maybe, and some of you, you could, and we, I won't ask you to do it in here, but you, you could raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. The consequences are devastating. One of the consequences are people walk away. All they hear about is what the church is against and the list of don'ts. And so, man, they're like, man, I'm not perfect, so I, I'm not even going to try to go there because obviously I, I struggle with some of the things on the list. And so I'm not even going to be a part of the church or I'm going to walk away from the church because they make me feel like I'm not even welcomed here if I can't like get all the list done. But then there's another consequence too, and, it's, and maybe this is you. People never walk in victory. And here's what I mean. They, they walk through life and, and here they have this cycle in their life of their, their walk with God becomes this cycle of working hard to stop things failing, and then doing what they wanted to stop, doing it again, asking God for forgiveness, and then trying harder. And then the cycle continues. They, man, I'm going to try harder because this is on the don't do list, and so I'm going to work really hard. And then I find myself falling back in. Then I go to God and I say, God, I'm never going to do it again. And that lasts for a few weeks, and then I find myself right back in, and the cycle keeps going. Because the consequences of just putting off are devastating. And it's one of the reasons that you may have not felt victory in your walk with God ever. 
Because if all you're doing is stopping, it's only a matter of time before you start again. If all you're doing is, I'm not going to look at porn anymore. I'm going to stop doing this. Yeah, you might stop for a week or two. You might stop whatever that thing is for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to stop doing this. And then in a weak moment, you find yourself falling right back in. It's because putting off is important. But if you stop there and you don't renew your mind with truth and put on, you will not have victory and as Paul's writing as a father to these people he desperately wants them to walk in victory he's saying you got to put off you got to renew your mind with truth of the word of God the truth of God and you got to put on and Paul closes this section by giving some just practical examples real quick he says this verse 25 therefore having put away falsehood let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor Basically, he says, hey, put off falsehood. Some of you are liars. Put that off and start telling the truth. You don't just stop lying. You start speaking truth. Then it goes on. He says, you struggle with stealing? He says this, let the thief no longer steal. Duh, stop stealing. But don't just stop stealing. He says this, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Basically, stop stealing, start working hard, and start being generous. Then verse 29, let no corrupting or worthless talk come out of your mouth or from your fingertips on a post, but only such as is good for building up as it benefits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. I think people don't even read this verse today. I think they don't think that this verse is in the Bible. Or they hope it's not in the Bible. Because here's what Paul's saying. It's funny, they must have struggled with the same thing we struggled with 2,000 years ago. Because he says, let no corrupting or worthless talk come out of your mouths. I wish he would have said, let some corrupting but he said none because at least we would get an out when it's like things get crazy i could at least justify that one or two kind of snippy posts that i put up on facebook or instagram but he says no he says don't don't let corrupt communication come out of your mouth but instead only talk and say things that benefit others that gives grace to those who hear stop and start and then the last one he says he says let bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice he basically is saying let me just put everything else under this last one he says stop these things but instead be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you and, and you may be thinking you may be thinking you know what Chris Throughout this, this message, I can honestly relate. If I was honest, maybe you can relate with the person that looks back at your past and you can see purposelessness, you can see not really an aim, you can see emptiness, you can see just a lack of light and just that callous feeling, that hard heart. You say, I, I get that. I, I've seen that in my past. Or, or maybe you, you say, Chris, if I'm honest, that's what my life looks like right now. My, my heart is dark. 
I don't feel, I feel purposelessness. It's just, it's just that's the way I feel. And maybe you find yourself like Chris, when you talked about struggling with the same things over and over, man, yeah, that's me. And as Paul, as he's writing to these people, he wants them to know that it's not supposed to be that way. Some of us, in your mind, and you might not say this out loud, but in your mind, you've told yourself, this is the way it's always going to be. I'm always going to struggle with, and you fill in the blank. Are you? Do you have to always struggle with that till, till life's over? Or, or is Jesus big enough to give you victory in that area? And, and as Paul is writing, he says, you know what? You can walk in victory. You can live without guilt and regret. You can find freedom from sin. You can live a life of purpose, but it won't happen if all you do is work hard at stop doing. If all you do is work, work hard at not doing destructive things, man, that's, that's only part of it. You've got to put off. You've got to renew or renovate your mind with truth, and then you've got to put on. So as we close, I want to ask you three questions. And, and answer, you don't have to answer these out loud, so you can be honest with God. But here's the questions. If you're someone who's a follower of Jesus and you say, you know what, there's been a time in my life where I've admitted to God that I'm a sinner, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me, that he rose from the grave, and I've given my life to him. If that's you, what do you need to put off? What in your life, and, and probably it comes to your mind quickly, what in your life is holding you back from being as close as you could be to Jesus? What do you need to put off? Second question, what, what lie are you believing that needs to be replaced with truth? Because for a lot of us, we need to maybe put off something, but then there's a lie in our mind that we're believing that needs to be renovated, ripped out, and replaced with truth from God's Word. Because if we don't change our thinking, we'll never change our life and then the last thing what do you need to put on what do you need to start doing instead of just focusing on stop doing what do you need to start doing that's going to help you get victory imagine just imagine as we close imagine what your life would look like if a year from now you could look back and say today i made a decision to put off some destructive things in my life, to take God's word and renovate my mind by putting some truth in, and then putting on some things and starting to do some things that are good and healthy and that please God. What, what if you put a strategy together? Because of Jesus, you can do this. Because he's empowered you to do this. What if uh, you did that? How would your life look different? If you decided today, in that one, two, few areas of your life, I'm going to put off, I'm not going to believe the lie that I'm always going to struggle with this. I'm going to renew with the scriptures, put some truth in, and then I'm going to put on. What kind of dad would you be a year from now? 
What kind of brother or sister, son or daughter, employee, grandpa, grandma? What, how would you be different if you decided that today? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, first of all, Lord, for, for Jesus. And because of Jesus and because of Jesus' work on the cross, because He took our sin on Himself, He died, was put into a grave, and rose from the grave. Because of that, we don't have to walk in purposelessness. We can walk in victory. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that does not have a relationship with You, God, I pray that today, that they would make a decision to follow you. For those of you that are here and you, you might be that person, you'd say, Chris, I, at this point in my life, I don't have a relationship with God. I have never made a decision to follow Jesus. You want to do that today? Just in the quietness of your heart, if, if you're here today and you'd say, Chris, today's the day I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. Just in the quietness of this room, in the quietness of your heart, just talk to God. Just tell Him, God, I admit to you that I've disobeyed you. I admit that I've sinned. I believe, God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross, raised from the dead for me. I believe that. And Jesus, today I'm coming to you. And I'm asking you to save me. Just talk to God. Just tell Him that. And if you're here this morning and, and today you talk to Jesus and you ask Him to save you, would you just let us know by, on, right on that contact card on our app, you can, there's a little spot there that says, hey, today I started a relationship with Jesus. Would you just let us know so we can pray with you about that? Maybe you're here and you would say, Chris, I'm, I'm somebody that's been following Jesus. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a few years. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a few weeks. Maybe you're watching online and, and, and you are, have been a follower of Jesus for a little while, but you have not walked in victory. What do you need to put off? Are you willing to say, man, here's the thing I need to put off? What, what lie are you believing in your mind that you need to replace with truth? And then what do you need to put on? I want you to go into the future, about 10 years, to yourself 10 years from now. And I want you to ask that person, what do I need to do with Jesus today? Because I promise you, the person you'll be in 10 years wants you to put off wants you to renew your mind, and wants you to put on and make that decision today. I promise you, you in 10 years wants that. Jesus, I pray that you would work in our heart, that you would make very clear to us those areas of our life that you want to give us victory over, but we've got to take some steps. And God, you give us the power to take those steps, but we've got to be willing to do it. And I pray that we would and that we would walk in victory because of you. In Jesus' name, amen.